This is Henry Hope Football. On today's show, we talk about Art Monk being shafted for the Pro Football Hall of Fame for the eighth consecutive year. Like a mind shaft. <laughs> we talk about John Jansen restructuring. We give you the doc report on the 66th episode live with Aaron, Josh, John. I'm curious about the uh, cornerback situation. Obviously, we need a cornerback, and um, if so, who will we take? Ashante Samuel or of the New England Patriots, who I mind might be better than Champ Bailey, or Nate Clements of the Buffalo Bills. So. Hey guys, it's Derek and Greenville, man. Hawk down diesels. Man, this is total bull crap. Honestly, this is, this is flipping ridiculous. I don't know how you can pass somebody up like this for so many years. Um, not only to the Redskins, but a great contributor to the game of football, period. And, and I don't know who in the heck is on the board, but, uh, some replacements need to be done there before anything else is, is done. I'm, I'm really ticked right now uh, that Monk did not get in and it, I, I I don't know what else to say um, but look uh, I love you guys um, uh, y'all are the best you keep it real keep keeping it real I'll keep listening looking forward to next year's fantasy draft and all that stuff but man this is some bull crap last week either. Uh, we love you too dude but not in the way that Bill Parcells lovingly um Touched, uh. Lovely padded T.O. on his derriere. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about that, uh, coaching situation here in a little bit, but we're going to talk first about the, uh, the, uh, Hall of Fame and Art Monk, uh, getting shafted once again. Yeah, yeah. First, off, first well, off, but first off, thanks to those guys for, like, calling in. Uh, and we do have the hotline open until 24 hours a day. We know y'all get free night on weekend minutes, so give us a ring. 202-657-HAIL, H-A-I-L. So, uh, anyway, yeah. But, yeah, Art got the shaft, and that sucks. Yeah, it was weak. You say that again. Uh, I couldn't believe it, man. I was sitting there watching it on NFL Network, and it was just like, what? And I was like, okay, okay, made the first cut. Cool, yeah. And then I was like, all right, I'm sure he's going to make this next cut. Then I was like, What? Unbelievable. Dude, I could believe it. I can believe it because he got shafted like he always does. I know like he always does. And it was it was worst case scenario too because of course Crybaby Irvin got in yep. and Monk got the shaft. It was worst case scenario all the way around. Yeah, and there's all these sports writers talking about how like um one of those old timer dudes got Art Monk's spot and it's like, No he didn't. Art Monk's spot should have been over the last seven years. He has more catches than anyone in the Hall of Fame. Most games with consecutive, most consecutive games with a catch. Um, what else, John? Well, you know, he broke Steve Largent's record. So, yeah. what was it? And, and Steve Largent got in on the first vote. Mm-hmm. Monk's still hanging out, so that really doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and then people are like, I don't know, some, for some reason, Cowboys fans forget the, uh, four Super Bowls that Art Monk went to. <laughs> but, um, even if he didn't go to any, Steve Largent had how many Super Bowl wins? Yeah, and he played for he played for a team that was so bad that they made them change from the AFC to the NFC during realignment. They were so bad 
they made them switch conferences because they're like, oh, well, they won't care. He played the Seahawks. And, and, and Art Monk, I mean, he left on the top, dude. I mean, he left with so many records and so many, you know, I mean, how could he not have gotten in seven years ago? It doesn't make any sense to anyone, anyone thinking logically. But then again, it doesn't make any sense that sports writers vote for the Hall of Fame instead of former players or like the Hall of Fame players or coaches. There's someone more appropriate. I'll tell you, that guy uh, on NFL Network, uh, Adam Schefter, or whatever his name is, he was driving me crazy, man. I'm watching him. They're talking about Art Monk while they're waiting on the announcement and all of that. And, um, he's just like, you know, just Art Monk didn't really do have any outstanding moments in, in his career. Can you think of a single time that Art Monk, you know, a single catch that stood out that Art Monk made? That was a defining moment in his career. I was like, dude, it's called, you know, and I think the other, the other guy said it too. Uh, it's called consistency. I mean, he was consistent. He consistently pulled in the catches. He wasn't a whole bunch of flash and attitude. And that, and, you know, exactly. And that's, and that's the difference. Art Monk was that's the, the problem. dude. A lot of people don't understand that. Art Monk was the dude that you threw to on third and seven. Yeah, and he got, he didn't run you like a six yard pattern. He ran you like an eight yard pattern. He's the guy you uh, threw to when you had to make a first down. Yeah. He's not the guy that you threw the bomb to on first first down to see if you can get something. He's the guy, when it came down to the critical moment in the game, you threw it to Art Monk because you know he's not going to drop it. He's your go-to guy. And he played on a team. It's not like he was uh, – It's but, you know, at that point, it's not like he was the only receiver out there, you know? Oh, yeah. He played I mean, with – Charlie Brown, uh, I mean, who else? The posse, dude. Of course, the, the posse, Clark and Sanders, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, who did Irvin Charlie have? Brown, all those guys that were that were in there. Dude, who did Irvin have on his team on that Troy Aikman could On a dominated football team, too. It's not like they were passing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that ball, I mean, right. they were able to take that ball and spread it out all over the place. And, and he still was able to break those records and do what he did, you know, it's unbelievable that yeah. Art Monk is not in the Hall of Fame and has not been in the Hall of Fame for at least six or seven years now. In the words of Hogtown Diesel who called in, this is some bull crap. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. Um, the, the big speculation that I've been hearing is, uh, well, you know how in the Hall of Fame voting, they have the two old timers that are voted on by the by the, uh, I guess, the old-timer committee, that, and they put those two guys up for the vote, and those are guys who have already gone through their 20 years of eligibility and never made it in. And so they get one final one-and-done vote. So um, I think it was Charlie Sanders and Gene Hickerson were the two old-timers on the list. And when those guys were up, it's like if they don't get voted in this year, they're done forever. They'll never make the Hall of Fame. So the old timer, the two not old timer nominees are pretty much a lock to make it in. So there's really only four spots available each year if you look at it that way. And on top of that, a quarterback from the Cardinals, Roger Worley, was in his 20th year of eligibility. So if he hadn't been voted in this year, he was done unless the old timers committee brought him back sometime in the future. And so there's a lot of basically they brought they voted on three old timers this year which left only three spots open. And, yeah, we've already said that Art Monk should have already been in, and we all know that, but there's speculation that that could have been his spot um, on the vote, on the uh, on the final vote. And there's also speculation that could have been Paul Tagliabue's spot. 
Right. Dude, the thing sucks, Ari. I mean, why are these 40 sports writers voting for it? First of all, who are they? Who are they to vote? Like, why don't they take, yeah, it make sense that way. why don't they take 40 fans for all that matters? I'd like to see Choose E on there vote for him. And, um, did you see that one? He knows the, more about football than some of these guys. That dude, the Houston, did you see that article I put up on the site? The Houston article or whatever? Yeah. Oh, there's the Tom's trivia music, but I think we're going to hold off on that. I don't think we're going to put that in right now. Sorry about that, dudes. <laughs> that I'm just having all ki- I'm just having all kinds of editing trouble today. I don't know what the deal is, but anyway, let's finish this Art Monk thing. Um, th- did you see that Houston Chronicle article that I put on the site? Yeah, I read through some yeah. of it. I couldn't even make it through it because I'm so sick of hearing all these people bashing Art Monk. Right, I know. But they're inane arguments that make no sense whatsoever. Yeah. We need to just look at the stats here. Who had more? I'll, I'll ask a question, John, and you answer yes or no. All right. Who had more catches in their career, Art Monk or Cowgirl Michael Irvin? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Art Monk had more, had uh, 190 more catches than Michael Irvin did in his career. I guess that wasn't a yes/no question. But anyway, you're going to either answer Art. You're either going to answer number 81 or um, start crying or start crying. <laughs> All right. Who had more consecutive games with a catch? Uh, number eighty-one. That would be eighty-one. Yeah. Okay. Who had more touchdown catches? That would be number eighty-one. Number eighty-one. Um, who went to prison the most times? Who went to what? Who what? Who went to jail the most times? Dude, dude, dude. I'm pretty sure that was uh. uh <laughs> 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 Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, who went to more Super Bowls? You mean viewing the Super Bowl from the stands or being in the Super Bowl? I mean being on the team that went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, number eighty-one. Mm-hmm. Although he was injured for one of them, but he but still. The other played. guy might have been in the stands more often. Uh huh. There's. If you just look at the stats, there's no way that they would put that cry baby. Um, cheating. Oh yeah, another one. Why did who did they make a rule for because they determined that it was cheating how they got half their catches? That would be Michael Irvin. That's right. Soft rule, otherwise known as the Michael Irvin rule. Yeah, that was all because of him. Half his catches shouldn't even have counted, dude. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense, and there's nothing we can tell these forty dumbasses to make it any better. They're, they shouldn't yeah, vote I mean, for there's it. really no argument. We just got to keep our fingers crossed for next year. Next year's class, um, number 28 is coming up for his first year, and I'm pretty sure he's a lock. I'm, well, I, I obviously think he's a lock, but I'm pretty sure, even to those dumbasses, he's a lock. He's got it. Um, Chris Carter also is coming up, so I'm hoping that that does not put more, um, more competition up against Art Monk because... You know, for some reason, a lot of these writers like that dummy from Houston seems to think you can only vote for one wide receiver per year. And one person, and, and one person on a team, because he was like, well, next year, Daryl Green's coming up, so I'm voting for him and not Art Monk. It's like, dude. It, it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Well, then you should have voted for Art Monk this year. Who was it? Um, uh, was it two or three years ago? Troy Aikman and, uh, oh man, who was that other guy that made it in? Two guys, Rayfield Wright? 
from the Cowboys, I think, from the 70s. Uh-huh. Two Cowboys made it in the same year. So, you know, that's just a stupid argument. But what do you expect? He's from Texas. Exactly. Anyway, dude, is there anything we need to add on the Art Monk front? Oh, I think we're going to be starting... Uh, we're going to start to push for next year's vote and maybe put up a T-shirt design in support of Art Monk. Yeah. But you know who? what else they need to do? And Joe Gibbs needs to step up and start making some more public statements about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like every time he talks between now and next Yeah, like it, he needs to beat it over the head, and we need to hear about it all the time. Dude, there's only two Redskins in the Hall of Fame from those 80s teams, and one of them wasn't I even a player. Huh? And one of them's him, Joe Gibbs. I don't know. No, none of the hogs are in there. Yeah. Russ Grimm's been on the ballot now also. He got shafted. He's been on there for 11 years. Right? 11 years? He should be in, too. Yeah. It's ridiculous, dude. Anyway, I mean, I think that's all about all we need to say about Art Monk because... Yeah. Everyone knows. I think it's time to move on. I think it's time to move on to the random Redskin of the week, dude. To another disappointing thing. What's that? I think it's time for the random Redskin of the week. Sure. All right, let's go for that. Go for it. Hey, enough of my jacket. <laughs> yeah, the random Redskin of the week is none other than Brian Davis. And his uh, cl- Brian Davis? his claim to fame is he intercepted the uh, John Elway's pass at the end of the uh, second quarter of Super Bowl Twenty Two. The second quarter of Super Bowl Twenty Two, the most prolific quarter in Redskins history, I might have to say. In Super Bowl history, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, thirty-five points, thirty-five points, less than five minutes total uh, playing time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant! I must say, I was watching that game again this week, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know who reminds me of number seventeen. Number seventeen. Number seventeen, man. They have like the same. <laughs> they have the same stature, Jason Campbell and uh, Doug Williams back there. It, I mean, they were both tall. They stand up straight, throw the ball deep. I was both like have similar styles. Yeah, and they're and they're throwing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're, they're, the mechanics are very similar. Yeah. So anyway, that was the random rescue of the week, Brian Davis. Uh, you know what I want to bring up before we move on here? Uh, another thing that happened this week is uh, the, the Dallas Cowgirls came up with a uh, – they finally chose a coach. They only interviewed 10 men, including the uh, Trader Todd Bowles. How many women? And they – what's that? How many women did they interview? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's woman's and, uh, work. That's woman's work coaching the Cowboys. <laughs> Dude, what are you trying to say? And, uh, well, they ended up picking, well, they almost picked Norv Turner. He was definitely one of the front runners. And I think, I don't think there's a Redskins fan alive who wasn't vote or wasn't like hoping that they would do that. But of course, the Cowboys disappoint and they go with someone else, Butch Davis, who was a, uh, a mediocre head coach at best, um, as far as his record is concerned, um, with two playoff losses. Butch Davis? I thought it was like Wade Phillips or someone. Oh, yeah, did I say Butch Davis? I meant Wade Phillips. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wade. But, uh, yeah, Wade Phillips is wading into that mess down there, that murky mess down there in Dallas. Well, he's about uh, North that. North Turner, I guess, is going to stay in San Francisco, and, uh, 
Unfortunately, I was really hoping for some automatic victories against the Cowboys over the next few years with North Turner there to screw everything up, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, he's going to be uh, staying in San Fran, and my buddy's going to be, what is it? What was that? Uh, what was that San Francisco? Uh, oh, he's going to be eating his rice roni, I guess. Mm-hmm. San Francisco treat. Yeah, I mean, he's doing a great job there as offensive coordinator. He's really bringing along Alex Smith um, and, and you know, getting their, their offense going. But as head coach, he sucks, as we all know. So Yeah, we don't even need to get on that. Unfortunately, he's not going back to Dallas. Let's get on to some more positive news, like uh, John Jansen restructuring his contract. Yeah. He's going to be a Redskin at least until 2011, and then he'll probably retire. You know that's a good that's a good point because it doesn't seem like it, but he's been there for a long time. I think he's the longest tenured Redskin. He is, and um, not only that, it freed up some cap room. I don't know how much. Did they said how much cap room it freed up, John? Um, I haven't seen. I have not seen, but I let me see if I can find that information for us. And. Um, um, Anyway, this I is, think it's a very solid thing because, of course, you know, having the corners of the offensive line solidified, having the same guys there over and over um, for a long time is definitely a definitely a key. But I do not believe that they announced the terms on his contract. I know that it ends up being something like ten million in bonus money, so he gets more money up front. But uh, the the total figures, I don't think they released. He's not going to starve in his lifetime. Let's just put it that way. No. Yeah, and he's a big guy. He's still not going to start in his life. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's a good, great segue into the Dockery report. Um, <laughs> being that this it is... like a five-year, $23 million deal or something. Yeah, yeah. $5 million, $23 million. Total. $10 million in bonus money. Over $10 million in bonus money. Right. But uh, John Jansen's 31 years old. Yeah. So, the, you know, this that could be it. Once he gets to the end of that run, I mean, that might be time for him to retire. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you already had that, like, you had that calf injury where you missed a game and... His thumbs. Um, you know, anyway. He's a solid player. Hopefully that some of the calf space he frees up will be able to use to resign our man Dockery mm-hmm. and get him in there. I know that's what he's thinking because Jansen's like, man, we got to bring him back. Yep. Yeah, number 66. I heard him on the Brian Mitchell show talking about that. He's like, man, whatever we get, we got to do, we got to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yep. The only thing I've seen on Dockery, and I might have even said this on the last podcast, was that, no, I guess not. The people down at uh, the Super Bowl, who was talking to him? Was it Doug Williams? A couple of ex-old Redskin alumni were talking to Derek Dockery about his uh, contract. And they said that they were working on it, whatever that means. Yeah, that means nothing's happening mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, I have a bad feeling about that. I don't. They're going to sign him, dude. I hope so, man. They do. They have to. But speaking of resigning stuff, what's uh, what was the question that Danny asked that we had on there at the beginning of the uh, of the podcast? Danny was asking, "Who do you think we should get as a cornerback?" Um, Samuels from uh, the uh, Patriots or Ooh. Nate Clement from hey. uh, Buffalo? Right, right. And um, I got to tell you, dude, after watching. Um, the Patriots play in that first half against the uh, the Colts in the AFC Championship game. Samuel played good. He did. He had an outstanding playoff run. 
Um, I think he had three or four picks in the playoffs. Yeah, but he was um, just like more than the Redskins, I think, all year. Dude, he was on his man too, like perfect <laughs> coverage, perfect coverage. Dude. Oh yeah, but I don't know if the Redskins are going to be able to afford him or Clemens the way the money's working out. I don't know if they're going to be able to significantly uh, upgrade at quarterback the way that the money situation is working out. This could be the year that it comes back to bite him. Well, where people start getting cut. And to tell you the truth, I don't have much to add about Clements because I haven't seen the uh, Buffalo Bills play, I don't think, since 1991. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember ever just watching a Bills game in the last five years. So, Do you know anything yeah. about him, John? I, I don't know much about him, but since you brought up the Bills, I'm going to ditch one more time about Art Monk. Um, how the hell did Thurman Thomas make it in on the first vote? Mr. I forgot my helmet. Talk about that. How the hell did he make it in? He missed, he lost four Super Bowls, forgot his helmet in one of them, and he made it in on the first boat. Oh, man. Dude. Well, dude, well, dude. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Dude, the little plaque. I'm, I'm still thinking about the Nate Clements thing. Um, cause like, yeah. like this past Thursday, he, uh, his agent or whatever was talking about how he was going to test the free agency and all of this. And, and he has said that he wants to be the highest paid cornerback he wants to be the highest paid or the top paid player in his position and like we all know who went to denver uh in 2004 and became the top paid player in that position with a seven-year 63 million dollar contract that used to be a washington redskin and one of the best draft picks the redskins have had in the last 20 years champ bailey so i mean can you imagine how could we afford this guy if he if he wants to be the top paid player, and somebody's willing to pay it. I don't know that the Redskins are going to be able to pay it, not with the cap situation they're in and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I think I think we're going to see a lot of cuts coming up soon on the Redskins to free up some space. They're, they're, they have to. They're going to mm-hmm. have to. Yep. Dude, back on the Thurman Thomas thing real quick. Is his bust, like the little plaque in front of his bust, going to be like, Thurman Thomas, and they'll have that, that you know, bronze head that kind of looks like him? It'll be like... <laughs> Thurman Thomas is best known for losing four Super Bowls against the Redskins in, in ni- against the Redskins in 1991. Thurman Thomas didn't quite make it on the field because he couldn't find his helmet. <laughs> yeah, and his touchdown he scored in that game were all in garbage time late in the game anyway. Yeah, Thurman was Thomas like was voted yards, in thirty-one as- yards in the first half. He's- that, that that was really questionable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a good running back, but still, first time in. Yeah, yeah, first time in, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, been, he should have had just because he lost four Super Bowls, he should have had to wait. <laughs> yeah, he should. I'm not saying, yeah, I don't think any of us are saying he shouldn't be in, but he shouldn't have been in first time mm-hmm. at all. And I didn't hear anyone talk about that. Yep. Anyone? Anyone? You heard me talk about it just now. <laughs> Man, that's a bull crap. <laughs> You're right about that, Hogtown. <laughs> anyway, what else we got here? Uh, Tom's Trivia? Now's a good time for it. Okay, there's the music. You hear the music again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Um, <laughs> as is Tom's Trivia, and um, as you guys know, every week we ask a question sent in by our own Tom um, Humphreys, a Washington Redskins season ticket holder for numerous seasons. And um, last week, good old Tom asked a uh, excellent question. And um, do you guys remember the question? 
Man, I can barely remember to put my socks on in the morning. Ask <laughs> me if I can remember this question. Um, gosh, what was it? Oh, it was about the body bag game, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Tom's question was... Let me see if I can find how he worded it directly. Um, and I can't even... Oh, there it is. Um, okay, in the 1990 regular season, the Redskins were crushed 28-14 by the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football and what has become known as the body bag game. The Redskins sustained injuries to numerous players, including both their starting and backup quarterbacks. Our third-string quarterback, Brian Mitchell, actually emergency quarterback, had to finish the game. Uh, name the two quarterbacks that were knocked out of the game. Anyone? Josh? Mm. Uh, John? I knew one of them, but I've, I've looked up some of the, the answers we've gotten this week, so I, I'd be cheating if I named the both. But I remember Jeff Rutledge. <laughs> I couldn't I, 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 couldn't remember the other one, but when I saw it, I said, oh, yeah, that guy, too. Jeff Rutledge. <laughs> the answer's Jeff Rutledge and Stan yeah. Humphreys. Yeah, Stan Humphreys. And um, let me see who won here. This week, the winner was uh, Mr. Mister, who got it in there. And he says he wants to tell everyone out there that he's still got a Stan Humphreys Redskins rookie card if anyone wants it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Only 99 cents. <laughs> on eBay, starting bid one cent. We'll put it. We'll put it right. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it right there with the unsigned, uh, you know, lot of Daryl Pound. Daryl Pound, a hundred unsigned photographs on eBay, starting bid fifty dollars. Yeah, right. Because you know we all oh, Daryl Pound. Anyway, go ahead. So, um. <laughs> Mr. Mister has won the uh, Harry Hog Football official um, theme for Firefox, the internet browser. And Josh will send him that. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, yeah, I've been so slack on sending people their prize. It's almost like the old prize people used to get. <laughs> and uh, while we're at it, we got, a, <laughs> we got another uh, email from a new listener, Sean, in um, Jacksonville, Florida. Has to deal with the... Uh, Panthers. Anyway. Uh, Jaguars. Jaguars, sorry. Jaguars. Jaguars. He probably liked that game this season at least. Wow. Jaguars. But anyway, uh, he got the question right also, and um, he's he's a new listener. And I I told him we'd just go ahead and send him the the theme as well. What the heck? Uh Kind of right now in the dead of the offseason, I feel like... um, What's his face on um, Major League Bob Euchre? What he's like? Is there anyone listening anyway? <laughs> That's right. We are in the depth, dark, deep, dark, cavernous off season. That you know, thanks to all six of you out there who are listening to us ramble. And he's like, he's like, this game was brought to you by hell. I can't find it. Uh, I can't think of it. Yeah, I can't find it. The hell with it. <laughs> and that, the only thing that can make that movie better is if it were about football instead of baseball. That's the only thing. That is, that is probably one of the most perfect movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, great movie. So anyway, you guys, we'll send you that um, theme. And that will bring us to this week's Redskins uh, trivia question. Or Tom's trivia. And I don't think I got... An aunt, a, a question from Tom this week, so I'm going to make one up. I, I have one. Oh, uh, you got one? 
Go for it. But it's, um, but it's, it, it's, uh, I don't know, it's very, it's very current. So we'll go with this. <clears throat> um, Redskins owner, current owner, Dan Snyder, um, owns what private equity firm and what is his most recent acquisition worth $500 million? Harry Hog football. (laughs) (laughs) And the third part of the question is, what does he plan to do with that acquisition? There you go. Make money on it, I'm sure. This is is, uh, is some, some extremely recent news. So anyway, if you guys know the answer to that question, go ahead and send us an email here at redskinsfan at harryhogfootball.com. And uh, don't forget hogfootball.com. And don't forget to call us with your comments on our new Harry Hog voicemail hotline at um, area code 202, what is it, 657? 657-HAIL. HAIL. And um, we're going to pick through those. and put might have been feature part of your telephone call on the podcast. Yeah. Oh. And um thanks to uh Danny and uh um Hogtown Diesel, two of our six listeners from last week who uh <laughs> who called the line. Who called in and uh and left us their thoughts. And you know, just because you called in once, that's not mean you can't call in every week. Call and let us know. Heck, we might even bring you on the we show as a guest. About this week. What? We have to talk about the Pro Bowl. Um uh, that's tomorrow, dude. Are they playing? Yeah. Are they playing it like right now? Because I always miss it because I don't care. Yeah, I have no idea when it is, but it's like it's like watching the worst preseason like practice game ever. It's like don't, it's like flag football without the flag. Yeah, you guys all know that I just absolutely hate it, and they shouldn't even play it anyway. I think they should just name the team and be done with it because half the guys that get named to it don't even go, which is why Sean Taylor just got named to it this week because the people ahead of him. Well, didn't it used you know, to came up with phantom injuries this week. Didn't it used to just be like a free trip to Hawaii, and then they said, uh, well, since we're sending them, we at least got to make them play and make them Well, they used to get money for it, and it used to be a significant amount compared to how much they made, but now it's like chump change. Right? It hasn't changed. It hasn't gone up. Bring them and their family out to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, the Redskins. Like, congratulations. In case you guys didn't know, congratulations to Sean Taylor, who was named on the alternate, and now he's playing. And um, also to uh, Chris Samuels, who somehow, because the people that vote for it, once again, all this voting stuff in football and and whatever, these AP polls in college basketball and all that stuff, <laughs> anything that a sports writer votes for, well, in this case, I guess it's the fans, but these people don't know. Voting? They just look at him and say, oh, yeah, they see a name and they're like, oh, I've heard of him, I'll vote for him. Yeah, I've heard of that guy. And they just pass out those little forms at the game and people just, like, put check marks next to people. And Yeah, it's kind of like when people go to, like, you know, vote for uh, uh, election offices. They don't know who, like, the third assistant deputy town clerk to the <laughs> right is. It's exactly like, like that. But there's, like, three names, and so they're like, oh, i got to pick one of them. This guy's name sounds <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy sounds cool. That's exactly what it is, man. I've heard of that dude. I think he's good. I heard I heard Dan Deerdorf say he was good once. <laughs> Brian Baldinger said this guy was really good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, Pro Bowl's on tomorrow. Watch it if you don't have anything better to do. Right. And um, pick up sticks with your butt cheeks. <laughs> not that anybody might, not that anybody might care, but if you want to see some Joe Gibbs racing action, the uh, the Budweiser Shootout is on tonight um, on Fox at eight o'clock. You all getting into racing? Got to have something to fill in that space until we get to football. That's right. Mm-hmm. Dip, dip. It's time to watch some racing. All right, y'all. I guess that's I'd like it. to say Todd and Chicago Noir and, uh, and uh, uh, the, the Goodest Chevrolet uh, Cheerios uh, Coca-Cola car. Hey, but while we're on the racing kick, I just have one question for everyone out there. What is up with the people that put the uh, in memory of three on their, like, crappy cars? Like, what's in memory of them? The sticker? The crappy car? What? Dude, there's a lot of people that, that, that really like uh, Dale Earnhardt. Well, then make and, That's and cool. They want to they they remember him by looking in the rearview mirror and seeing that sticker. Maybe it helps them think of him or something. I don't know. But usually if you're doing something in memory of someone, isn't it, like, something nice, like a little, you know... Monument or like something like pillar. Yeah, something. This I don't is, know, dude. Depends on how much you like somebody. Like, you know, if uh, if Gerald Green died, I might have uh, something that said in memory of twenty eight. It just doesn't seem appropriate to me. Anyway, that's just me. But anyway, um, oh, Aaron's thought for the week. Yeah, all right. Aaron's thoughts card thought for the week. Yeah, Aaron's thoughts do not necessarily reflect <laughs> the thoughts of HarryHogFootball dot <laughs> com. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's about it, dudes. John, you need to go watch some football. I mean, some basketball. And, yeah, we got UVA Virginia Tech playing right now. And um, you guys, thanks for listening. Keep tuning in. We're getting closer to the not the off season. Some stuff's going to start happening next month. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Beach Blitz has been announced in May. It's May 18th through the 20th in Virginia Beach, Virginia, our hometown. So, uh so if you uh, if you can make it out for the beach split this year, May 18th through the 20th, Virginia Beach, and um, yeah, I guess that's it, man. Yeah, we had fun at the Blitz last year. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it down there in May. Last year it was in June. Yeah, but anyway, it's a little cold, isn't it? <laughs> They're doing things a little bit different this year from uh, what it looks like on the website. Check it out, Redskins.com. They have a link to the beach split site. It tells you a little bit more about what's going on next year or this year. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, and as always, if you see a Cowboys fan, Joe. Hail Cole, and uh, hail to the Redskins. Hail to the Redskins. Hail. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. This is some bull crap.